Hey, I'm so glad that you're here. If you're here for the first time, I want to welcome you. We're so fired up that you're here. I'm really amped up about today. So uh, let's pray, then we'll jump in. And Father, thank you that you are the God, as we sang about this morning, that you, you rescued us, and you rewrite our story, and you're the God who who invades our brokenness with your unfailing love. And Father, this morning we have an opportunity to say yes to you and to be people who know the power of, of putting you first in their lives. And so I pray that you would do what only you could do, that you would do more than words and you would do more than songs and that we would, we would hear from God, we would hear the voice of God through the word of God and that you, Lord, would have your way in us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. Hey, I'm super excited about today, and uh, what we're going to do, we're going to begin a new adventure. It's a four-week adventure, and as a church, we're a Bible-teaching church, and we, we teach through the Bible, and we unpack the Scriptures chapter after chapter, book after book, and that's what we do, but we're going to be doing something a little different here. We're going to still be looking at the Scripture, but we're taking a little bit of a different approach, and we're having a series called Go Beyond, Go Beyond, and uh, so it's going to be four weeks of Go Beyond. And it's going to be, I really believe, one of the things going to challenge you. And you're going to notice also that we're having the students inside here because I want to have the high school students inside the building. Can we give it up for the high school students? Yeah. And so I'm going to give you another pass at that to really cut it loose and show a little love to our high school students. You give it up for the high school students. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We love our students. We love that they're here, and I'm so excited about what is God is doing in them. But I wanted them to be here for this reason, because they're center, central to the church. Uh, we're talking about the future of the church. If you're new here, uh, we're going to be talking about the future of this church here. You're not being asked to participate in things I'm going to talk about this morning. But I wanted the students to be with us, because I really believe that the next four weeks are going to impact the next 20 years, the next four weeks. And that happens about every 20 years. And so we're going to engage in a spiritual process and talk about what it looks like this morning, impact that goes beyond, impact that goes beyond. And so there are two questions that I'm going to want you to ask of yourself during this series, and they're in your notes there. And here's the first question I'm going to challenge you to process, to think about, and it's this. Am I open with my life? Am I open to making an impact with my life that will go beyond? Go beyond this week, go beyond this year or years, but go beyond even into like beyond my life. Go beyond my life into eternity. Am I willing to entertain and engage what that might look like to make an impact with my life? You say, well, you don't know about my life or where I've been. I'm talking about from here forward, would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to make an impact with your life? And then secondly, I want to ask this question in this series, and that is, am I open Am I open to being impacted, to being impacted by God, being impacted by what God wants to do in my life? Because when God impacts my life, then I can impact, have an impact beyond my life here. And so what we're going to be talking about here, there's a picture of our, one of the things I'm going to talk about. Here's a picture of the property, which we're, we are in the process of purchasing. God has just miraculously made this an option for us. So we've given our good faith deposit. Escrow is going to close in about 
two and a half or months or so, maybe three months. And so, and we're going to ask God to help us because what we want to do, we're going to fix that up. We talked about it's a fixer upper and you can see this is right off Wildwood Canyon Road there. And uh, it hits the freeway down here. It's about 500 yards off the freeway. They're going to eventually make an interchange off the freeway and it's years to come. But anyway, but that building right there, that was a uh, the Hoover Egg Ranch. It's prime property, four and a half acres, Hoover Egg Ranch. And that's about 20,000 square feet. And so it's a fixer-upper. Uh, we're going to fix it up, but it's going to cost money to fix it up. It's about 600,000. Imagine that. It sold for a couple million uh, years ago, we got it for 600000 That's a miracle of God, how, how the whole thing worked. Forty parties wanted to look at it. There was a list of 40, pe- 40 parties who wanted to look at it. We slid in there through some contacts in God's favor before the 40 got there, and we offered it, and they accepted the offer, and here we are. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, but uh, it's 20,000 square feet. So we just have to remodel it, but remodel is like $100 a square foot or so. So it's a couple million dollars to remodel it. So we're going to need to be looking at about $2.8 million, something like that. The, the preliminary numbers of the building and the development requirements, we don't have all of that. So we're estimating there. But it's massive. It's huge for us, for our future. So we're super excited about that. And so... But if you're new to church, I just want to say that because I'm going to talk about uh, like what we need to do here. And I get it like some people get like if they're new to church, whatever else. Oh, like this is one of those churches there. And maybe that's like one of those pastors, you know. And so they think that like we have these kind of like lifestyles and things like that. Uh, we drive these certain types of like Maseratis. Let me, let me tell you, I want to guarantee you that... Pastor Steve Mason does not have a Maserati in his driveway, okay? It's in the garage, but it's not in the driveway. <laughs> so uh, our, our children's pastor does not have a private jet. We're not, we're not like that. We drive old, old beater cars and all that, so just relax. Also, I want to say this. If you're here this morning, if you're like, wow, uh, I don't know. He's going to talk about you giving to that new building. Hey, if it's not <coughs> realistic for you, that's okay. So no pressure whatsoever. We recognize that. We're happy just to be the church to you and to bless you. So if you're in a season of your life where that's not realistic, hey, no worries. No, no, no pressure. That's not how we roll here. So I want to talk about a vision that goes beyond, a vision that goes beyond. And so Jesus said this. He said that when you encounter me, the first thing I'm going to do is, and by the way, Jesus now is risen from the dead. He was uh, in the grave. He's out of the grave. Now they're seeing him with their own eyes. They're amped up. He's going to ascend to heaven. But before he does that, he says, you're going to receive power when my Holy Spirit comes within you. And that's going to impact your life there. And so he says, and look, the power of God is going to, the power that comes from God, God's power himself, uh, God is, has the power to speak to you. God has the power to, uh, f- uh, for you to hear his voice, the power to do his will, the power that sin becomes real to you and not to continue in that, the power to experience God in a, in a fuller way here, the power to be indwelt by God's spirit is available to you. But what happens when, when, when you receive the Holy Spirit? See, something happens. And so Jesus then introduces this go beyond vision when you get God's Spirit. Think about this. 
Watch. So he says, like, you're there in Jerusalem, but, okay, you're going to go beyond Jerusalem. Jerusalem is their home base there. You're going to go beyond Jerusalem, and you're going to go to Judea. That's the next region out. He says, but then it's not just that you're going to stop there. You're going to go beyond Judea, and you're going to go to Samaria. But it's not going to stop there. The original go beyond vision, you're going to go beyond Samaria to the uttermost parts, to the ends of the earth there. So see, the original go beyond vision here is nothing new. It's from Jesus here. Jesus said, look, I want you to start where you are. I want you to start in your neighborhood. I want you to start in your community. I want you to start at your school there, at your campus, at your workplace. I want you to start right where you are, but then you're going to go beyond and you're going to reach beyond from there. You're going to go beyond your comfort zone. You're going to go beyond what is convenient. They would, they would bump up against different cultures there and, uh, uh, that were just radically different from them here. So Jesus then said, hey, in the end game, the end game is this. The end game is it. You're going to go beyond and go to the ends of the earth here. And so in Acts chapter 1 here, Jesus uh, calls them to this go beyond vision. And then he talks about what that's going to look like. The impact that would go beyond here. So the title of the message is Impact That Goes Beyond. I'm challenging everyone here that you would be a person whose impact in your life will go beyond here. So in Acts chapter 2, the church is born and the Holy Spirit comes and empowers his followers. And so the church of Jesus is in its infancy. It's just starting to get rolling here. And so God then is impacting people in profound and, and powerful ways here. And so uh, something that I think we should long for, something we should desire, and something that we would want to actually participate in, something that would shape us and define us, which is here in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So I want to read it to you, and the scripture is going to be on the, on the screens here or in your Bibles or smartphones. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, all the believers, the Christ followers, then devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. That's like the Lord's Supper, Supper or Communion, and to prayer. And so you wonder, now, is this, is this just descriptive of the early church or, or is this prescriptive for us? It's both. It's both here. This is something that, that we should long for and something we should desire to be shaped by and something that would define us is what happened here. This is then the DNA of the early church here. They devoted themselves to what? By the way, what you devote yourself to really is what's going to define you. It's going to define you what you devote yourself to. Think about it. You want to be a, a great athlete? They devote themselves to being a great athlete, and they become, a person becomes a great athlete. Maybe it's a, to be a business person, or, but whatever you devote yourself to, that is what you're going to be, is going to define you. And so they devoted themselves then to relationship. Authentic, genuine, real, transparent uh, relationship. That's fellowship there to meaningful connection. So they had this deep meaning in the word of God, but they had this relationship with one another. If you don't have that, then what do we have? What do we have this morning if we don't have relationship outside of this building? What we have is a bunch of people sitting in rows, singing songs and hearing a talk 
in a building. But God's original intent is that we would be more than that, that we would be a community, a relational community. And so then he says here the, uh, to study the scriptures there, the apostles' doctrine. And so then they're giving themselves and they're learning the apostles' doctrine. They're learning the scriptures. And really we want to be serious about that as a community. We really want to be serious about that. We don't want to dumb down what we do. And so I want to specifically talk, because I have high schoolers in here. I want to say just a quick word to the high schoolers uh, in here, to, to the students. And I want to say, first of all, to, uh, to, the, to the gals, I want to say this. Look, don't dumb down yourself and don't dumb down your approach to Scripture or pursuing Christ uh, because of the impact that it could intimidate someone else, intimidate guys, boys. I mean, you really don't want boys anyways, you want men. But uh, come on, come on, come on, somebody. You don't want boys, you want men in their thinking there. So, so I want to encourage you and your pursuit of God and your pursuit of the scriptures that you go for it, you completely go for it. And that uh, as far as grow as much as you can grow and never lower yourself, never lower yourself in terms of your approach and your, your, your intellect and, and going after God and understanding scripture because that it might intimidate the boys out there. Let them rise up. Let the boys rise up here. And just, you know what I think is a little boy repellent. And maybe you need that. Come on, that was funny, and I don't care what you think. And so, anyway, so reading on here, and Acts 2.46 says it, and they met from house to house. So look, it just didn't happen in, in the box on Sundays. It doesn't happen just in the box. They continued to meet outside the box in the neighborhood here, bringing the presence of Jesus throughout the neighborhood. And so... And then, now watch what happens here. Watch what happens. The Holy Spirit indwelling them impacts them in such that they're, they're impacted in such a way that their hearts are moved for people other than themselves. This is so powerful here. And so this is going to challenge us and stretch us. Acts chapter 2, verse 45. Watch what happens when really God captures your heart. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Now, notice that this was normal. This is, we think, well, that's really radical. No, that was normal for them that they would take the initiative to sell their assets when they saw someone in need. And so they recognize that God's generosity toward them, like God's extravagant generosity there, uh, uh, they recognize that, and then they wanted to reflect that. They wanted to reflect that in their community. So this is what they did here. They committed their lives to, to, to being generous. They committed their lives here, their generosity toward God, and watch, watch. And they were generous toward people who needed their generosity most. That was a church that was not only descriptive, but prescriptive. And so now, uh, this to me, when I read that, sounds kind of counterintuitive. Like, I, w- I wouldn't think that. I don't naturally think that way. I would think, no, if I'm going to give and I'm going to be generous, it's going to come out of my income stream. It's going to come out of my salary. It's going to come out of my fixed income. It's not going to come out of, like, selling stuff. But see, that was part of the equation here. And in your notes there, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone to had need. Uh, they, they, Jesus followers, sold possessions to advance God's purpose. They were willing to do that. And again, it might seem radical to us, but that was like, that was like normal to them here. So let me show you now more about this go beyond vision, what they did when they were impacted. Acts chapter 4, verse 33, you can see it on the screens. 
And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all of them that uh, in them, all of that there were no needy persons among them. Can you imagine that? Imagine a, a society, a culture, a community where there was there was no needy persons. And from time to time, how did that happen? From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. Sold them and brought the money from the sales, put it at the apostles' feet, and they distributed it to those in need. So imagine that God was so at work among the people here that it was normal for the people to sell stuff to help people. Isn't that something there? So selling personal possessions okay, to help God's cause, then we see it's really nothing new. So I'm going to talk about this here. And so, so friends, this is what I want you to see. This is what I want you to see. Is it see a go beyond vision there? It's just nothing new. It's just nothing new here. It's 2,000 years old, what I'm going to talk about. And the dynamics, I'm going to talk about the spiritual dynamics, the sacrificial dynamics. None of these things are new here. And so our vision here as a church is to inspire people to find Jesus, to follow Jesus, to further who Jesus is there. And so when I, when I talk about this morning about our new campus, which I showed you there, the goal is not just to have a campus, to have a campus, or to fix up a fixer-upper, to fix up a fixer-upper. That's not the point. We do need a base of operations, but the base of operations is where, where we can do this in the community, where we can, be, we can be launched into the community there, where we can start other churches in the community. And so during the last 12 years, um, and when we started the church, we, uh, we were dreaming big. And we had this, uh, I, did a, I did a message series. This is it right here. This is actually the original message series from our, our, like our, our second or third month in existence. And we did this series. We were dreaming big. We called it Imagine a Church. And everything I'm talking about this morning, we talked about 12 years ago. So I just want you to know, this is nothing new. There's a, the picture there is us praying uh, in, in the new facility there. And so, but our new property is like, a, like sort of a Jerusalem there. But then God has called us not just to, like, it's in Yukaipa, across a freeway. They're not just there, but to Judea, kind of the, maybe the Inland Empire, but to a region even bigger than that where you go out from there. Maybe you go to other states, like we've been to Texas many times there, a Samaria-type uh, uh, outreach, and then to the ends of the earth, to like around the globe there. We go to Africa. And I want you to see here that our first couple months in existence that's Glenn Miguel. He brought, that guy right there that I'm praying for, he brought taps to sanctuary. He said, hey, Rod, I got an orphan. I got an orphan. I said, yeah. I said, what about the orphan? He goes, the orphan can sing. I said, <laughs> I said, really? I said, is he good? He said, he's really good. I said, do you want him to come and sing? Sight unseen. Sight unseen. I said, yeah, bring him and have him come and sing on Sunday morning. And taps came and the, the rest is history. But that's how that started. And it was, it was right there. That, that's where that happened. And so, uh, and then uh, check this out. Then I'm interviewing a guy right there from Rock of Africa. And we started then to send teams to Africa way back then in the beginning. So the things we're talking about, these are not new things that we just, we just thought of here. But our new property positions us right off the freeway 
our Jerusalem, where I just added up all the cities around Banning, Beaumont, Cherry Valley, Calamasa, Ukiper, Redlands, Highland. There's like a quarter million people there. We're within a 10-mile uh, uh, radius there of a quarter million people. Most, many, many who don't have any faith community. So it's tremendous here that, that we're going to be strategically positioned there right off the freeway where they're going to build an interchange in the future there. And so but to go beyond vision is to double down. Again, it's not just to get a building, it's to double down what we can do in the community because it's not just Jerusalem, but Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth there. And so we want to double down globally what we do. We want to, uh, we want to send next year in 2020, you know what we want to do, what we're going to do? No, we want to do, we're going to do. We're going to send our students to Zimbabwe and they're going to go to the orphanages with TAPS and our students from this church are going to serve in Zimbabwe. Isn't that awesome? That's what we're going to do. And so... Um, thank you for the overwhelming response there. It's overwhelming me. But I, <laughs> I just want you to see this, that the go beyond spirit here has been in this church since the beginning. The go beyond DNA in the church has been for many years. So we've been imagining this type of future here. And so, but now the church is preparing to make our biggest step in our history. This is our biggest step, the most massive thing we've done in our history. And so I don't want you to have any questions or any confusion about what go beyond looks like, what go beyond means here. So I'm going to talk about it because go beyond is the next chapter in the story that God is writing here. Go beyond then, really, go beyond in a few weeks. It is going to be a defining moment for the church that's going to affect us for the next 20 years. This is a defining moment. Go beyond is a journey toward our new church campus. Go beyond, it's, a, it's an opportunity. It's really, it's like an epic opportunity. It's a, it's a grand adventure here. So what does that look like, go beyond? There's four parts to go beyond. We're gonna go beyond in our love. We're going to go beyond. We're gonna go beyond in our serving. We're gonna go beyond in our generosity and our sacrifice and go beyond in our prayer. So I'm gonna spend the rest of the time unpacking those things here. I want to be very clear about what we're going to be talking about in the next four weeks here. And so go beyond. What does that look like? There's four parts to go beyond. Okay, to embrace, okay, to embrace this is to embrace the vision through love. Embrace the vision through love. Well, well what does that mean in the context of, of church? And all? Let me frame it this way. Jesus in Matthew chapter 18 was talking about a parable, a story there about the 99 sheep there. There was 99 sheep that the shepherd had, and you could think like the shepherd would be like, isn't this awesome? I've got 99 sheep. But then what happened is like one of the little sheep there takes off and does its own thing, is independent, and walks away from the fold there. And one sheep was lost. And what do you think the shepherd did? Do you think the shepherd said, well, I got 99. I got to take care of the 99. And so I'm going to be all focused on the 99 here. I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to take care of the 99. Or do you think the shepherd would say, no, I'm going to leave the 99. They're good, but I'm, I'm going to go after the one, the one lost sheep. And then it says this. It says this. It says, in the very same way, your father in heaven is like that. It says he's not willing that any should perish, but he'll go after the one. So what I'm saying as a church, we're going to go after 
the one. So we're going to design our churches. We have, we go after people. We're going to go after them. And so the go beyond mission is for lost sheep, to love lost sheep there. So our goal is going to be to reach them. So again, we're not doing a building to do a building. It's about people here, reaching people and having a, uh, the one that is left to fold the lost sheep. Where are they going to have a, a spiritual home for their hearts? That's what we're, what we're after. So we want to embrace the go beyond vision through love. Secondly, we want to advance the go beyond vision through serving. Now you hear that a lot here. And so, but our second purpose is to advance this go beyond vision through serving. When we get into the new building, it's double down in our serving there. And so I want to say that every Christ follower here, if you're, you're a Christ follower, okay, God wants you to use your gifts to serve. You've been given gifts. They're, they're called in divine endowments. They're talked about throughout the Bible in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. Throughout the Bible, they're talked about. God gave you a gift that you could use your gift and you find great fulfillment in your gift. And you're attended something. Everybody's attended something. Well, I want to just tell you the last week. Here's the last week what that looks like at Sanctuary Church. This is last week. Last Sunday, we had 50 people sign up to go down into the hood, down into San Bernardino, to Hope City Church, and to reach out to the homeless. Now, that's awesome. We had that awesome, yeah. So that shows the heart of the people. Uh, we had a number of people sign up to go to adopt a grandparent. I went, bo- I went by there yesterday to look at it. It's actually a pretty cool spot there. And so, but last week, just last week, we had a, a mechanic that volunteered to take care of those trams, taking people all over the campus. They need maintenance. We had somebody sign up to do that. It was awesome. Of a mechanic. Just last week, last week, and it came to expression today, we have a youth leader, Andrew Hernandez. We need a bass player. Guess who was playing the bass but Andrew Hernandez. Come and give it up for Andrew. Come on. Andrew said, I can play bass. Just Friday night. I was here Friday night. All these chairs, all this carpet, all these screens, all the stuff. You see, everything is set up. Two years, we won't have to set it up because we'll be in our new building. But, uh, but listen, listen, on Friday night, we had two new volunteers Friday night. I mean, one of the guys walking around holding a baby. I, I, don't know how, I don't know how he's doing it. He's got a baby in his hand there. And so, uh, so two young guys there. And so that's the spirit of this church here. And maybe you're here in the weeks ahead. You think, well, maybe I could get in the game and maybe I could be a part of this here because there's so many opportunities for to advance the vision through serving. And so that's how you, you, you do it. So the third purpose, go beyond, it's no surprise, no surprise, but to resource the vision through our generosity and our sacrifice. And then the fourth purpose is this, is to undergird the vision in prayer, to undergird the vision in prayer. So I want to talk about this, this thing about sacrifice a little bit, because really to be like Jesus is to learn to sacrifice. To be like Jesus is to learn to sacrifice. You know it doesn't come natural. You have to, to learn that. And so the goal in the weeks ahead is not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. 
And so the goal, that's the goal here. So it looks completely different for different people. Like for little kids, we're including the kids. We're going to get like little, little uh, milk carton piggy banks next week so the kids can be a part of this. And parents, by the way, what a great way to teach your children unselfishness. Maybe it'd be a little lemonade sale or something, but whatever. For them, equal sacrifice might be a, a little change in a, in a milk carton. But then you have like uh, students, and for them maybe go beyond sacrifice, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. Maybe it looks like they give up uh, not having Starbucks twice a day, and they have it like once a day. <laughs> I enjoyed saying that, okay? I just enjoyed saying that. But uh, maybe he's giving up a little entertainment. He's giving up something, okay, and then giving that back to God. Maybe that's $100. Maybe it's $1,000. I don't know. But giving it back to God through sacrifice there. Maybe... Maybe for others, for adults here, we're on a diff- different space there on the economic continuum. Maybe it's maybe over a few years, three years. Maybe it's a, a I don't know what it is. And so, but we're, we don't give equally, but we are able to sacrifice equally. And so, uh, friends, so over the next few weeks, I'm going to invite us and challenge us, challenge us that on December 8th, we're going to bring our our, our sacrifice to God and what we want to do over a three-year period. And so to consider making a financial sacrifice that goes beyond. And so again, it's a three-year initiative. And personally, I, like, I don't really care so much what people do. I just would hope that everyone would do it, that everyone would engage and we'd have 100% participation. I've been in Africa many, many times. And when I go to Africa and uh, the people there, you're talking about poverty. It's like, poverty like you can't imagine the poverty. So I have vivid memories of, of having worked there, people bringing and serving the people, and they're bringing, bringing chicken eggs. Like that's what they can bring. Or they, like chicken would be a big deal. We'd eat the chicken afterwards, but it'd be a big deal. And so uh, uh, others, I worked with a pastor, and he, and he wanted to teach them, and they were so poor, he's, he would teach them, just go to a tree and break a twig off of a tree. And bring the twig and give that twig to God. And he was trying to teach him just to give something back to God. If you have nothing else, give him a twig. And I see people giving twigs. Well, I'm just saying in the three-year initiative, hey, if you've got to give a twig, give a twig. I, I don't care. Just do what you can here. But, uh, and so we're gonna, this is above and beyond what we're doing, a three-year initiative, above and beyond. Because if we just take what we normally give and then uh, redirect that to uh, the, the, uh, having a campus, it really doesn't change the equation there because we still have the operating expense. We're doing this then so that we can have that property to bless the community for generations to come. And so, again, they'll throw up a, a picture of the campus for me. So, so on December 8th is going to be our commitment Sunday. I'm going to bring our commitments to do that future church campus. And again, we have never had in our history such a great opportunity. So we're going to do that as well as our launch offering. So let me say this. I want to be absolutely as transparent and open as I know how to be. Uh, that I can't be any more transparent or any more open with you. So how does this affect me? Like, how does this affect me? Am I going to be the guy that gets up here and talks about it? Or am I going to be the person that, that says God will well, if I'm going to lead the way, what does this look like in my life here? And so I see the process, and I've known about this for a few weeks, so I'm a little ahead of processing it maybe than you are. But I see this for me personally as when I'm surrendering 
or I've surrendered my life to God, but I want to re-surrender. I'm re-surrendering where I've seen, God, everything that I have is yours, and really nothing is off limits. And so, and I'm saying, God, what do you want me to do? What, how do you want me to contribute? So I've been processing and wrestling through that and going to wrestle through it with my, my wife a bit here. But I already have a number, I had a number in my head, a number in my head. And I processed that and I sat on that for a bit and then I doubled the number. I doubled the number here. To, uh, uh, and I just want God to lead me. This is above my, my regular giving. And so something that would stretch me more than I've ever been stretched in my life. Something that would challenge me. And so... And the math doesn't add up. I've got a kid in college. I've got a spencer just like you do. I've got a son, a private Christian school. And so uh, the math doesn't add up there. And maybe the go beyond sacrifice means that we may not eat out as much. Maybe I'll have more soup or more pasta. Or I'm thinking, I'm thinking really good things I'm, I'm giving up over a three-year period here. And so because I know that God is going to teach me about sacrifice. God is going to teach me about the mystery of giving uh, and receiving there. And so, um, but I want you to know this, that I am prepared personally, I'm prepared to make the biggest sacrifice in my life. I am prepared to do that. I told one of the elders uh, what I was thinking of doing, and uh, he, oh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he told me I was crazy for that, but, uh, but I, I'm still thinking I'm going to do it. Hey, for a single mom, maybe it means I've given up Starbucks. It means different things for different people. But I'm so proud. We had a high school student last week went to measure the building, went to measure the building there. And, he, and his mom said to him, because he was really fired up about the building, saying, Mom, I got to be there. I was there, Mom, and it's going to be awesome. He says, well, why don't you think about funding the building then? And he said, Mom... I've already taken steps and I've already begun to fund the building. So in a high school student, isn't that awesome there that a high school student, yeah, a high school student is putting God first. A high school student is saying, um, from, my, from my income, I'm going to put God first here with my money. And so maybe we're on the other end of the continuum. Maybe you're, you're on the continuum where, like the early church there, the early church, it was normal to give of their assets, and I don't know. But maybe there's assets. Maybe, maybe there's, I thought, maybe there's a motorcycle or a boat or a car or a something there or an investment or a stock or something that, that we could give. And as I was processing this, something came to my mind about, oh, maybe I should give that. And so I'm letting you into my world. I'm letting you into my world. I'm thinking about this and preparing and what I'm going to talk about. And I says, oh, yeah, for me. Ah. And, my, and so let me tell you the story. So four years ago, my dad got cancer and my dad died. And so before my dad died, he called me up as in one of my kids' games. And he calls me up and he says, Rod, I want to give you my watch. I'm like, no, dad, not the watch. And I'm like ready to start crying. No, I want to give you the watch. I said, ah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm fighting the tears. It says, it says, I want you to have it. I want to give it to you before I go. So here's the watch right here. And so, uh, so he gives me his watch. This is the watch right here. He gave, uh, and actually, I got some other watches. But this is the watch right here that my dad gave me. And he said, and Ron, he said, if you want, you could sell the watch and you could give it to the church. I said, oh, dad, why don't you just, yeah. My dad said that when he went. And so, and so he said that. And so I said, dad. 
<laughs> you keep your watch. And so anyway, so, so the next time I saw him a few days later, there's my dad and he's blind. And he holds out the bag and he said, here's, here, Rod, here's the watch. It's this watch right here. Here's the watch, Rod. And he says, and you can, you can sell it and give it to the church if you want. My dad really didn't go to church, really. But just occasionally, you could sell it. And so I'm going to sell it and give it to the church. That's where it's going to go. So it's just, it's just my story, my journey. I'm just saying that perhaps your story, your journey is different. And so uh, uh, no pressure. There's nothing heroic or anything. But um, it's not even about the watch. It's just about what it means because it's from my dad. But I feel that this is something that I'm, I'm to do. It's my, just my first uh, a little sacrifice of many that I intend to make over the next three years here. But maybe for you, maybe for you, God has something he's entrusted you with and that he would call you to sacrifice. So I'd just like to ask you, as we prepare to go, and we're going to send you off in worship, and then we'll have prayer available. I'd just like to ask you what it would, what it would look like in your life for you to say, yes, I, I want to go beyond. And Father, we thank you that you are the God that meets us here again. That you are the God that meets with man and our brokenness and our sin, but you meet with us. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Those who hit rock bottom, like we heard in the video, those that think, well, I'm just new. I, I, don't, I don't even know what it means to follow God. For those that have added, uh, addictions or issues, but... All the call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if that's you this morning, we want to just pray for you. We're going to have people up front that would love to pray for you if you want to take Christ as your Savior. But if you would hold out your hands and receive God's blessing. Father, see your children. May they be responsive to the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. May they draw near to you. May they run to you. May they run to the one who makes all things new. Father, may you bless them. May they be open to making an impact and, and to being impacted by you. May you be gracious to them and keep them. Father, may you give them your peace and give them hope and strength this week. And may you bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you next week.